Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this recap edition of the La Liga Lowdown podcast. My name's Tom Harris, and I'm delighted to be joined by Valencia's very own Paco Pollitt to revisit the nine games that we've had so far of La Liga match day nine. We're just missing one result so far this weekend, and that is Villarreal against Osasuna, who face off on Monday night. One of Villarreal's bogey teams, it has to be said, the last three encounters have all been won by Los Rojillos. But Paco, it was a classical weekend. We have plenty to get stuck into. But I just wanted to ask how you were, and did anything stand out to you in particular this weekend? Well, um, hi Tom. Uh, quite a few things. Um, I believe we're going to speak about this uh, in depth in a few minutes, but I really saw Real Madrid being far superior to Barca at this point. Uh, I really didn't see Real Madrid uh, shifting into fourth, fifth, even sixth gear. It wasn't necessary for them. They they won with uh, quite a lot of ease, and I, and I was very surprised about this. Uh, Barca are facing, a, I, I believe, a dive in, in form in the last few games. We've seen it against Inter, we've seen it against Real Madrid. So even Xavi himself, in the presser after the game, uh, said and, and, and confirmed that uh, they are facing a, a tough spot this, at this point in the, in the season. And regarding the, the rest of the, of the games, we have to talk about uh, Real Sociedad winning once again. Four games in a row for them. They are already, uh, you know, in the, in the run for those Champions League spots. Uh, Atletico Madrid uh, with a huge win away from home against Athletic Club. Betis once again uh, making themselves uh, strong at home with a 3-1 uh, win over Almeria. And overall, you know, a couple of stumbles unexpected to some extent. Valencia against Elche. You can also say Girona Al Cadiz, uh, a game with many needs for both of the of the teams with with a draw. Uh, obviously, Espanol huge win at home, the first one this season for them. So. Many things to to pick apart in the next few minutes because it was a very, very interesting weekend. Very interesting indeed, but there is, of course, only one place to start. On a classical weekend, we have to start with Real Madrid against Barcelona, a top-of-the-table clash, the 250th version of El Clásico, the 100th to be played at the Santiago Bernabeu, and the 101st victory for Real Madrid in this historic fixture. Los Blancos raced into a two-goal lead as Karim Benzema and then Fede Valverde 
finish from the edge of the area to see Ancelotti's side two goals to the good at halftime. But we have to remember Robert Lewandowski missed a fantastic chance in that first half, just stretching to meet the cross and sending it over the bar. Ferran Torres equalised early in the second half with a finish at the back post and it looked as if we were all set for a grandstand finish. But Real Madrid managed the game expertly, it has to be said, and a penalty from Rodrigo in the 91st minute put the result beyond all doubt. And we have to remember, Paco, that before this fixture, Barcelona had only conceded one goal in La Liga all season. So, you know, it really puts into context the achievement from Real Madrid here. What do you think, you know, what will Xavi take away from this game? We saw his post-match um, quotes. He was, um, you know, saying that he was worried that we did not attack well, that we did not take advantage of our moments and that we must be very self-critical. Any players in particular you think he might be pointing the finger at in the, in the aftermath of this game? Uh, Xavi said that he wasn't going actually to to finger point at uh, anyone, but obviously one of the names has to be Eric Garcia. I think he he wasn't up to par in in such a huge scenery against a, such a huge uh, opposition, and and he was uh, quite lacking in most of the of the goals. Um, obviously, I think that uh, subs made Barca better. Uh, I think that uh, Xavi should have played uh, Gavi quite earlier because. Sergio Busquets, I'm so sad to say this and even to report this, but we've seen slowly his decline in the last couple of seasons. I believe he he has been one of the most uh, brilliant midfielders in in the last decade for both for Barca and for the Spanish national side. But but you could see in in that first opening goal, uh, he was just unable to bring down Tony Cross in the midfield, and he allowed the the German midfielder to to actually begin the play that ended in, in Benzema's uh, opener. So uh, I, I would say that uh, Eric Garcia, Busquets and Lewandowski, because because Lewandowski had, you know, uh, anyone could see that Barca's biggest chance uh, was actually for Lewandowski, regardless of the, of the goal scored by Ferran Torres in the final stretch of the game. But... Uh, I don't know. I think it was uh, unlucky because he was he was massive against Inter, and obviously he's going to end the season with I don't know maybe twenty five goals plus. But uh, he had to deliver against Real Madrid, and he couldn't. I believe that's uh, something to uh, add to the pro column for Real Madrid's defense, which were excellent uh, for most of the of the game. But yeah, I think that Xavi missed Lewandowski being crucial in, in, in several spots of the of the game. Overall, they weren't they weren't up to the to the task. Whereas for uh, for Real Madrid, as I said earlier, I think they were even under what they could perform if they actually needed to press a higher gear uh, into the game and to and to uh, deliver a, a biggest speed or a biggest uh, intensity. I think that uh, Valverde was massive. I think that. Uh, once again, Tony Cross uh, made one of the, you know, one of those statement games that he has made Real Madrid fans grown used to. Um, Lunin didn't have quite, a, you know, he didn't have uh, work to do. It was, you know, Courtois' absence. Many wouldn't have noticed because Barca didn't have those many chances to score. And once again, uh, Rodrigo was crucial. Benzema scored. I don't know. Overall, Real Madrid were, yeah, up to the task, whereas for Barca weren't. Yeah, it's really interesting with Real Madrid because I think, obviously, watching this game from my perspective, yeah, Real Madrid didn't seem to have to get to you know third, fourth, fifth gear. They had it under control, and like you say, they really mm. 
manage the game even after Barcelona scored and brought it a bit closer you, you know you felt comfortable that Real Madrid were going to go and see it out Freddy Valverde as you mentioned you know a massive massive part of this game um, that was his fifth goal of the season that's actually mm. same amount of goals he scored in his previous five seasons in La Liga put together so he's really added this goal scoring touch you know how good is this 24 year old midfielder and, and do you think he holds the key to this kind of post Casemiro Modric Kroos handover Obviously, he's he's very good, and uh, it's not the first time we've we've seen it. Obviously, uh, Fede Valverde has a great deal of improvement that he ca- he can um, live in the next few seasons with with Real Madrid's shirt. Uh, but he's not on his own, you know. I think that the the generational uh, relay being handed over to the uh, youngsters has been going on for quite a while. Not only for Fede Valverde, who has been. Uh, more important for for his manager this season, but in my view, Chouameni's uh, performance this season to date. You know, everyone had their fair share of doubts with uh, Casemiro leaving in the in the final stretch of the market for a big fee, arguably for for those 80 million plus for uh, paid by Manchester United. But I think that Chouameni has. Uh, stepped up to the plate in a level which even the most uh, you know optimistic Real Madrid fans couldn't even imagine at the beginning of the season and and once again he had a huge game against Barca. At the end of the day, you have to uh, deliver whenever the the opposition is the strongest, and I think that in these kinds of games you can really see what Chomeni can bring to the table in the next few, I would say, six, seven years, because uh, I, I think he's going to be Real Madrid's uh, starting midfielder in the defensive position for for quite a while. So overall, I think there are many good things to say about Real Madrid in, in this in this Clasico and and not the best ones to say about Barca, unfortunately for their fans. For sure, you know, you've got to think it's advantage Real Madrid, obviously very, very early on in this title race, but the way they're, you know, they're churning out these results, it's going to be very difficult to close those points back. And just quickly on Barcelona once more, before we move on, we're looking at this front three started today and we Rafinha is a player who divided opinion, I think, on, on Twitter in the aftermath of this game. Um, he played on the right again today. He made four key passes. He had a shot on target, a few decent mm. runs, but you know a few people weren't too impressed with his performance. Do you see him as the, the starting right winger for Barcelona, or do you think this is Ansu Fati's now chance to come in and make a statement? The main issue, I think, Tom, is that Xavi tried to get Rafinha to uh, team up with Sergio Roberto to try to stop uh, Vinicius, and uh, in that sense, uh, Xavi lost Rafinha as an offensive tool. And he actually wasn't able to 100% stop Vinicius. By the way, Vinicius did an okay game. He wasn't massive in in the way he has been in other in other games. But you know, the rest of his teammates are there to 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 make a statement on his behalf. But but yeah, I think that Sergi Roberto was too slow to stop Vinicius on on himself, and that's why Xavi opted for you know he he, he preferred using Rafinha to try to to do that kind of two two against one uh, whenever Vinicius got the ball and you actually could see that when Ansu Fati was in in the pitch uh, when Gabi was in the pitch when Ferran was in the pitch Barca were a much more offensive side and I think that maybe Xavi took a bit too long uh, in order to you know switch things around a bit possibly those subs had to be done at the halftime and not waiting till the 60 I don't know 63rd 64th minute so yeah, Rafinha, he's, he's, a, he's a great player, obviously, but 
he had a, a Uh, an alternate job to perform in this Clásico and that's why he couldn't focus himself on on trying to be on the offense as much as possible. Yeah, very interesting indeed. And obviously, like we just said, that's Real Madrid three points ahead of Barcelona now. And now only three points behind Barcelona are Atletico Madrid. After a very important victory, um, a Diego Simeone-esque victory, I think you'd have to say, at San Juan. Yeah. Antoine Griezmann scored the only shot on target for the away side to seal a 1-0 victory. Lots to talk about here, Paco. We saw Atleti in this kind of flat 4-4-2 and we saw some really incredible defensive displays. I thought particularly Reynildo had a, had a fantastic... Massive. Yeah. Absolutely huge. How impressed generally were you with Atletico Madrid? I would rate them very highly because uh, it's not easy playing against uh, Athletic Club this season with Iñaki Williams, Nico Williams, Berenguer, uh, Sanced, Munyain... Uh, I don't know. I think that uh, Athletic Club were um, Villa Libre in the final stretch of the game. They were very, very, uh, you know, um, doing what they were supposed to do as the home side, which, by the way, they were fighting for, uh, you know, squeezing into the top spots of the of the competition. Remember that they, they were uh, beginning the the weekend in the um, third spot, I believe, uh, in front of Atletico Madrid. So, Uh, you know, I said in the in the preview a couple of, of days ago that it was the first time in quite a while uh, where Atletic Club were in front of Atletico Madrid in their first in the standings before their first encounter. But yeah, once again, uh, Atletico Madrid under Simeone uh, got their you know their their grit out of the locker room and they finally were able to perform in a way which everyone, not only Atletico fans but all of us, can recognize as. 100% Atleti. Uh, their game against um, in the Champions League a, a couple of days ago, I believe they had like 19 shots. Not all of them in target, but they had many, many chances against Bruges. They didn't score, but against Atleti Club, only one was enough. So that's what Simeone's Atleti must do, or it's expected to do. And and that's why they were able to to win the game. Once again, Griezmann was, was crucial, not only in the way he scored the goal, but uh, the amount of work and effort and grit and drive that he brings to the offense he's always pressing he's always trying to deliver something positive for his squad i think that uh nowadays he's he's one of simeone's most reliable assets um not in the way for example of other players who suddenly have Uh, fallen out with the manager. I think that one one of these days we should talk about what what is happening with Rodrigo de Paul. But but yeah, I think that uh, Griezmann was was a great addition for Atletico Madrid. He did great against uh, Atletico Club, and and that's why Atletico Madrid are once again in the in the run for the for the Champions League spots because uh, they are three wins in a row already after stumbling uh, one month ago, and and they are already in the third spot, which is. What, as I said earlier, quite a few times already, what they are expected to do. Atletico Madrid are expected to be there waiting for one of the top two dogs to stumble and and take advantage of this opportunity. But if, if they don't do their homework, they won't be able to be there at the spot for any kind of rebound. Yeah, as, as crazy as it is, Atletico Madrid's biggest signing does actually seem to be a player that they already had in Antoine yeah. and finally being able to play him for the full 90 minutes after this agreement with Barcelona, where he is now their player permanently. 
And yeah, as you mentioned with Griezmann, it was eight shots he took in that game against Club Bruges, two on the weekend, and you know one goal in this game on the weekend, and zero against Club that's Bruges. That's enough. Yep, that's yep. all you need to do. Just talking briefly about Athletic Club, you know, we said that obviously they were doing incredibly well, and we said that we'd be intrigued to see this very attacking system from Ernesto Valverde against some of the stronger clubs in La Liga. And they 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 drew to um, Sevilla last weekend, and they've lost here today. Is it something to be concerned about or do you think they were just unlucky here against a very good defensive side? I wouldn't say so, especially if you check out the the schedule ahead of them. Next week they are facing Barca obviously away from uh away from home. Uh midweek they are uh, going to play against Getafe away from home once again, so two home uh, games uh, in a consecutive manner so I think they should pick up something uh, uh, in the road against Getafe Barca is going to be another kind of story and then they close the this, this opening stretch of games at home against Villarreal and their last game is just before the break uh, away from home in Montilivi against Girona so overall I think they should pick up quite a few points along the along the road uh, because this this season they have been able to you know became uh become as in, as invested in home games uh as in a way away games being played away from home that's that's the main difference this season between Valverde's Athletic Club and what they did last season under Marcelino I think that um the the mythical quality of of La Catedral of San Mames is like playing with a, an extra player on top of the pitch for Athletic Club but but they have been very, very solid, very consistent, um, both away and uh, at home. You can check out the, the stats for them. You know, they have only six goals conceded in, in nine games, which is crazy at this point. They are uh, the second best uh, squad of the of the competition, just behind uh, Barca and behind Betis, who have only allowed uh, six goals too. So, and Villarreal, uh, obviously. So overall, I think that they, they shouldn't concern uh, be concerned about the, the defeat against Atletico de Madrid because because they are going to do well in the in the following games. Fingers crossed that they stay in touch, really, because we want another team in this exciting race of European places. Um, and we're going to talk about that in part two. So make sure to stay tuned and we'll be back in a minute after the adverts to talk about the likes of Real Sociedad, Sevilla and Real Betis. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to part two of this La Liga Lowdown recap pod. My name's Tom Harris, and I'm here again with Paco Pollitt. We're going to move on to talk about the European race now, and we're going to start with a team who were in the European race last season, not so much this time around with Sevilla, mm. but they managed to get just their second win of the season under Jorge Sampaoli this weekend with a 1-0 win away at Mallorca. And it was a screamer as well from Gudel from Whoa. five yards out. Right. Massive corner absolutely huge and we were talking about Atletico Madrid before scoring with their only shot on target this was Sevilla's only shot on target as well so it wasn't a vintage performance from Jorge Sampaoli's men but he's ground out another result since he's been in charge obviously that draw with Borussia Dortmund in the Champions League was huge a good draw against Athletic Club last time out in La Liga and here with a victory so back up just wanted to ask you a bit about Jorge Sampaoli and, and is there you know what difference do you see in his side in comparison to the Julian Lopetegui side well, um, he remains unbeaten, by the way, in the in the first three games under uh, his his tenure on the bench. Uh, I think that Sevilla are slowly uh, starting to believe once again in the themselves, and that's the main uh, difference between San Paoli and what was happening under Lopetegui. I think that Lopetegui's run uh, spearheading uh, Sevilla was was over. Possibly it was over last summer, but. Uh, you know, uh, selling their two starting centre backs didn't make matters easier for for the squad. the The signings weren't, you know, at the at the same tier or at the same level as as the ones being being sold, Diego Carlos and and Kunde. And overall, uh, things uh, didn't begin on the on the right foot uh, when the season began for. For Sevilla, and that's why they were just unable to to get out of the of the pit in the first couple of games. Many weird uh, stuff happening, both uh, in front and behind the curtains. Uh, you might remember those scenes with um, uh, Monchi asking for forgiveness by the fans away from home because of a, a defeat uh, on the road. Overall, things didn't look good, and that's why at the end of the day, you know, uh, Lopetegui was sacked. Whereas for Sampaoli, he he has arrived again with a clean slate. Uh, enough time has um, gone by between his last uh, his last run as as uh, Sevilla's manager and this one. Uh, for example, that's not the case with Jorge Almiron in Elche. You know, because one year is not enough. But, but for for uh, Sampaoli, it's it's been quite a while. Um, and yeah, that they are trying to uh, get back to the basics, you know, defending, uh, being consistent at the back, uh, 
you know, having uh, or chaining, linking, and quite a few clean sheets uh, as one of the of the ways in order to to turn things around. And if you have a player like uh, Gudeli who is able to to score a screamer as as the one he he had this this weekend, that's the that's the way to go. I think that Sevilla need to go back to the roots in that sense, and you should expect quite a few uh, short. Um, uh, score lines in the next following games because I think that before the break San Paolo is going to try to go straight for the results not flair not style not football uh champagne football as as I like to say uh but yeah getting the job done and and one nil scores uh, nil one away from home that what that's what I think that we can expect from from San Paolo Sevilla from now on at least till mid-November yeah, I think Julian Lopetegui will be feeling quite unfortunate in that Marcao, the summer signing from Galatasaray, didn't yeah. play under him. And now he's back with, um, you know, finally starting for the Sevilla side under Jorge Sampaoli and actually looking quite good alongside Tangi Nionzu. So it remains to be seen whether these two can replace that Diego Carlos and Jules Koundé partnership. But certainly a narrow result, as you said, ground out. And maybe that is the start of something for Sevilla. Mm. A side who don't need a restart and, you know, one of Sevilla's main rivals are Real Betis because they are going along absolutely fantastically at the moment. Already qualified from their group in the Europa League, having beaten Roma in, in Rome last week and top of their group. And now in fourth place alongside Atletico Madrid and Real Sociedad with 19 points. A 3-1 victory tonight against Almeria and really went as we expected, didn't it, Paco? Yeah, I think it was, uh, you know, the the expected outcome from from this game. I didn't expect William Carvalho, who isn't exactly the like, you know the most uh, pinpoint scorer in the world, to to have a brace at the end of the night. But you know, uh, I, I believe it was the first one uh, for for Real Betis for uh, in Williams in Williams Carvalho's uh, career. And uh, yeah, but they got the job done. Uh, obviously, Almeria are always a, a rowdy side. They always try to, you know, make things difficult for the opposition. But Betis at this point, they are flying. You know, if you, you see their games, both in La Liga and in, in European competitions, they are uh, with a level of, of, of flair, of confidence. They really believe in, in what they are doing. And even though they stumbled um, a few weeks ago in... In that game against Celta, which was very, very unexpected for me. Uh, once again, they have, uh, you know, got under group back. They they beat Almeria. They got one point against Valladolid, but they deserve the win. Uh, drew against uh, Roma. Uh, they got a win, a massive win away from home in, in, in the group stage in the Europa League against Roma two weeks ago. They beat Girona. I don't know. Uh, they beat Villarreal. Overall, they, they, they are in a very, very, very uh, interesting run in the last month. And that's why I think that they could perfectly be contenders this season for the fourth place. And and that is going to be very interesting because at this point we can see already uh, three sides, which are, we have talked about two of them already, Athletic Club and, and Betis fighting for that fourth place. You have also upcoming, we're going to talk about them, Real Sociedad. You also have possibly outsiders, maybe Valencia, I don't know. And you have to count in Villarreal and Sevilla because eventually they will recover and they will win games. So it's like a 5-6 team race for only one single spot. And that's why this this season, even though things might change in January when the break is over and the, and the World Cup is over, 
uh, I think it might be the, the most interesting race in, in the last few seasons in order to see who is able to squeeze into that last final Champions League spot. Yeah, very interesting indeed. And I think for me, watching Real Betis tonight, you know, in a game against Almeria, no disrespect to Almeria, but struggling, not doing very well. And the atmosphere before, during and after the game, you know, every win seems to mean so much to these Real Betis fans. And I'm sure that they will be cheering their side over the line. And, you know, that could maybe play a difference in this race. Another side with, you know, very good home um, support, but they were playing away this weekend, were Real Sociedad. And they mm. recorded their seventh win in a row. The first time they've done that in 55 years. They're one away from their all-time club record. They've never won eight games in a row, so an opportunity to break a record on Wednesday. And yeah, another win for them, 2-1 away at Celta Vigo. And the main headline here, I think, is Bryce Mendes. Um, returning to Celta Vigo, providing an assist as, as he seems to do more or less every game now for, for Real Sociedad. Again, how impressed were you with Real Sociedad? And you look at the goal scorers here, Iaramendi, Zubelia, it feels like people are stepping up to the plate even you know outside Bryce Mendes, Takekubo, Alexander Solo. Yes, um, I, I have to apologise to Real Sociedad fans because uh, I doubted them at the beginning of the season, you know, even though they, they got a few uh, positive results at the beginning. Uh, they seem to stumble at the beginning of, of September, I, I recall. And, uh, you know, a couple of negative scorelines uh, after obviously losing Umar Sadiq, uh, which was their, their biggest bet this season to, to become a powerhouse also offensively. Um, but they have recovered from that and bounced back in a way that, as you said, Tom, we haven't seen in, in over half a century. And uh, you have many people to thank for that. I think that not only the the, the goal scorers, obviously, uh, Yaramendi, Zubeldia with that header to to give them the, the win over Celta. But if you see the way David Silva played, if you see the way Takekubo has been growing or the goal scored by Sorloth or, as you said, Bryce Mendez uh, playing once again against uh, Celta, which was the team where he uh, became a, an interesting player in the, in the league. You said that we've been grown and used to... Uh, watching him assisting and scoring. You know, he has been doing everything this season so far. So overall, they are a very, very uh, confident side. They 100% they believe in the in the plan that that Imanol Alguacil has for them since since I've been, I believe he's been like four or five seasons already in, in charge. And uh, and that is, that kind of confidence is something that you can, re you can really buy bringing in someone from outside. You need to have someone home ground as Alguacil's case, um, you know, coming in, moving up the ranks, coming in from the youth team, from the academy, uh, knowing, you know, uh, top to bottom, most, most of the interesting players who can be promoted and also being very smart and trying to play to the team's strengths. And that's why Real Sociedad are in a riot at this point and they are winning left and right every single game. And, and I don't know, I, I would like to check out, if I have one second, their following games, uh, they play against Mallorca in a couple of days. Uh, they play away from home in uh, Zorrilla against Valladolid next weekend. And their last two games before the break are against Betis. That one is going to be absolutely amazing. Uh, by the way, at home in, uh, in Anoeta. And they are also playing at home against Valencia. So Betis, Valencia are going to be the challenging ones. Valladolid, 
they should pick up the, the three points and also an interesting one against Mallorca. Overall, possibly the most informed squad in the competition if you leave aside obviously Real Betis and if you leave aside Real Madrid. Very tasty indeed. I'm going to put you on the spot here, Paco, and ask you an impossible question. If you had to say, out of those three, who is going to finish fourth? Who would be your pick? Right now, I believe Betis, right now at this point. At the end of the season, I believe it's it's impossible to, to predict because I'm 100% sure that Villarreal and Sevilla are going to fight for it. They are going to somehow turn things around, uh, start winning games. They will string quite a few positive results in their be on their behalf, and and they will be there. They will be there waiting for the rest to have a a bad streak of games, to have a stumble, and and I don't know if they will be able to to take advantage. But at this point, I see Bet is very in form um, in the long run because remember that these two sides, both Betis and Real Sociedad, are the ones who are playing Europa League. And their level of demand, both physically and football-wise, for the squad are not going to be the same, for example, as for Athletic Club, who might be, you know, that kind of dark horse in the race because they only have to focus in one game every single week. So, Betis are my favourites uh, at this point. But at the end of the season, I think that the rest of the usual suspects, you know, Villarreal, Sevilla, Betis, Real Sociedad, all of them are going to fight uh, for the for the spoils of war for that uh, fourth split. Fantastic. So let's quickly move on to some of the other teams in action this weekend. And one of your outside picks were Valencia. Very mm -hmm. entertaining game here at Mestalla. And as you said before, a bit disappointing from a Valencia persuasion, I imagine. How did you, you know, think this game went? And, you know, are you still very happy with the way things are going under Gennaro Gattuso at the moment? Yeah, Valencia a bit frustrating because they are, uh, if you start... Uh, chopping the the games in two halves, and you blend them once again, only picking half, hundred percent, fifty percent of each game. You could find yourself with a, not only a Europa League contender or Champions League contender, a season Championship contender, because they are able to play very nice football, as we could see against Celtic in the first half. But again, if you chop the games in two halves and you get the worst part of it. Valencia would be a serious contender for the drop because that's that's the that's the reason for Valencia not being able to to get uh closer to the top spots is that they are very inconsistent. They are unable to keep that level of drive, of pace, of intensity for 90 minutes. Uh Cavani scored a brace, very important for Valencia because they need their top striker even he even though he's 35 already to to start scoring. He, he has waited till match day number uh, nine, but he finally got his first two goals. Um, overall, I think that Elche are right to feel very uh, angry at the referee because there was a very controversial play in the second half where uh, there was a foul over an, an Elche player and just like two seconds later, Elche scored and the referee had uh, called a foul instead of leaving you know, the, the play to finish and, and Elche to score and that would have been their third goal and uh, being able to you know uh, complete their their uh, turnaround of the of the score but you know they didn't actually uh, complain that much after the game which was in my view admirable but uh i expect them to not really miss those two points at the end of the season because it would be a real pity for them if they fall to second division if if they get demoted um 
for not winning this game. So overall, Valencia needs to uh, bring up their consistency to a proper level. And to this point, that's the main reason for Gattuso's men not being able to fight for European spots. Because if they were able to finally get that, I think they are going to be a team to watch this, this year. Yeah, very interesting indeed. Just to round up some of the other results before we go, we had a Madrid derby on Friday night between Raya Vallecano and Hitafe, which finished 0-0. We also had Cadiz against Girona. And, you know, personally, I was expecting Girona to finally win a game after three really good performances against higher level opposition. But Cadiz actually pinned them back. They went ahead through Alex Fernandez, and it was only a 102nd minute penalty from Christian mm. Suani to rescue a point for Girona. And finally today, Espanyol won, Real Valladolid nil, a massive win for Diego Martinez's men. And it was Hosolu again with his seventh goal of the season already yeah. in the first nine games. And we do actually have an article on our Substack about Hosolu's start to the season. So make sure to check that out at laligalowdown.substack.com. Thank you very much, Paco. It's been a pleasure talking to you today. We will see you again on Wednesday. I think me and you are back again for a preview podcast. So yeah, wait until we are working together again. Uh, obviously, it's been a pleasure, Tom. And uh, thanks, guys, for, for everything. Fantastic. So make sure to follow our Twitter. We'll have a fresh newsletter out in the morning and we will speak to you soon. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.